You are listening to Affirm, the podcast for women of color who affirm their worth, value mental health, and seek wholeness. I'm your host, Davia Roberts, and today's affirmation is, My resiliency is a gift, but I will not allow others to use it as an excuse to mistreat me. You are listening to episode 43, Burnout is a Real Diagnosis. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Affirm. Again, my name is Davia Roberts and I am your host. Today, we are going to talk about burnout in the workplace. Recently, I came across an article by The Cut titled, You Can Be Diagnosed with Burnout, and I instantly knew, I mean instantly knew that this would be the next episode I had to share for the podcast. And a lot of you know my excitement because I shared it on the Redefine Enough Instagram page and we we got the dialogue started already. Some of you shared your excitement about it. Some of you shared your concerns and frustrations, but all of the dialogue is needed and it's an ongoing conversation. But I know not everyone knows about burnout becoming this diagnosis that will be recognized by the medical profession. So I really wanted to bring this topic to the podcast, but especially since so many of you know that compassion fatigue is something that I'm very passionate about educating, helping professionals on and helping them move through through that. So I wanted to make sure that we all had a baseline of understanding So I saw this article and here's what I learned. The World Health Organization, also known as the WHO, (laughs) um, will recognize a burnout in the ICD-11. The ICD is basically this huge book that classifies all the different diseases. It provides clinicians and medical professionals with the different diagnosing criteria, more so guidelines for different disorders and diseases. However, I do want to let you know that the World Health Organization is what it sounds like, like it's a global entity. However, the DSM, which is what most American mental health professionals use or refer to, is is different. So at this point in time, as of today, the DSM does not recognize burnout. So I will be speaking directly to the ICD and their diagnostic criteria. So getting back to that, the ICD-11 will make its way to Americans in 2022 as far as the burnout becoming like a thing for us. And here are the three criteria that they came up with. So first, you have to have feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. Second, there has to be increased mental distance from one's job or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job. And three, reduced professional efficacy, aka reduced professional performance. So all of these criteria that they list have to be related to your job, to your employment. So when we talk about, you know, these feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, it can't be related to your home life that maybe you may be exhausted because you're taking care of a loved one. That would be considered different. Personally, I think they're connected, but hey, that's just me. I didn't come up with ICD-11. That's about my pay scale, okay? Um, But according to the criteria, it has to be related to employment. 
However, regardless of how you feel about, you know, the different stipulations and things like that, a lot of people are excited about this diagnosis. And I'm going to be honest, I have mixed feelings about it. On one hand, I'm very thankful that we finally have language to to validate people's experiences and their claims that people have been saying for years that jobs are wearing them out, they're overworked, they feel physically exhausted, mentally and emotionally drained and just in a fog. Now there's something that validates that experience. It, with this diagnosis, it almost not almost, it legitimizes what people have been saying for decades. It it really shows that someone experiencing burnout, it's not a sign of weakness or laziness. It, It doesn't imply that you lack dedication. And for me personally, the, the beauty of that is toxic work environments can no longer have this leg to stand on and say that, you're burnt out because you're not passionate about the work. You're burnt out because you don't really care. If you really cared, you'd work harder. It really takes, you know, it really takes that away from from people to use that as this victim blaming language to coerce people into these unhealthy schedules, these unhealthy workloads that that cop out is kind of invalidated. And so that's the one thing that I am thankful for the diagnosis. However, I have a lot, and I mean a lot of questions. So while I'm thankful that there are going to be people that say, yes, finally, someone gets what I'm dealing with. Someone recognizes that it's not just me. Like this is a real thing. It's not all in my head. I'm not being weak or lazy. I get curious about what's going to happen after the diagnosis is given. After we we write that down on your chart, like what next? What's what's the treatment plan going to be? Are they going to now start forcing medication on people? Are pharmaceutical companies and now going to develop and market this new magical pill that will help your employees with their depression, anxiety, burnout, and be able to work longer hours and be more efficient? Like what's going to happen then? Like that's the one thing that I don't want to see because I truly believe that too many people are on medication already that they don't need. Now, don't get it twisted. I am a strong advocate for medication. Like, take your meds, boo. However, I do believe that there are so many clinicians, especially doctors that don't know about mental health, that aren't truly versed in mental health, what it looks like, the different symptoms, and that will just say, okay, you got depression, let me give you this. But haven't actually taken the time to work with someone and As a result, most of us are overly medicated and we're not actually getting the the treatment, the holistic treatment that we deserve. And that's even if you're lucky enough to go to a doctor's office. Let's consider the fact that even if you work full time, it doesn't mean that you have a great insurance. You may still have extremely expensive co-pays. And if you're working somewhere with with low wages, those, those, those copays are expensive. 
And if you're in a work environment where you don't feel you can easily take off, what's the likeliness of you being able to, one, take off to go to this appointment? Because most doctor's offices are only available during, you know, work, normal work hours. On top of that, can you afford the copay? Can, can you afford to get a second and third opinion to get the actual expertise you need? And if you can afford to get in, are they going to spend more than two minutes with you when you get in the office? Are they actually going to ask you the questions to get down to the core of what you're experiencing? So yes, we have the diagnosis, but What are clinicians going to do differently? And I mean that not only for medical doctors, but I mean that for therapists, for social workers, counselors, like what's going to be different about how we support people? Because let me tell you this, I truly wholeheartedly believe the the issue, and I'm going to call it the issue, like I was trying to find like this cutesy language to be like, I don't have an issue with the diagnosis, but part of me does because we're diagnosing the person, but it's not the person that needs to be diagnosed. It's this toxic system that needs to be diagnosed and changed and solved. We're trying to treat people, but this burnout is really a symptom of this toxic work culture, this capitalist system that says we will work you to the bone. And if you burn out, you will be replaced easily. I think that's the main issue that I have. Yes, we can have this diagnosis, but when are we going to step back and really look at the fuller picture that says we can treat this person? However, if we want to stop burnout from happening, if we want prevention, we need to change the system. The person doesn't need to change. There's no amount of meditation there's no amount of yoga classes. Take a quick step away from your from your office, from your laptop. That's going to fix things if your supervisor still demands you to work nonstop around the clock. It doesn't matter if there's a yoga class being offered at your job if your supervisor keeps scheduling meetings during that time. Things have to change in the system, not just the person. And so it's... It's just quite a conundrum for me. And I'm so thankful that that there's language to name it, to honor the reality that people are experiencing these symptoms of being overworked, this, this symptom of toxic and unsafe environments. I just wish and hope that there could be a shift in the workplace culture that was wellness informed. And I'm not sure that the diagnosis is going to lead to that. I really wish it would, though. I really wish employers would get to a point where they would say, wow, they have come out with a diagnosis because of how bad it's gotten here. We need to change. That's what needs to be the response to this diagnosis. In my humble opinion, who am I? Once again, that's about my pay grade. But <laughs> those are my thoughts. But I would love to hear yours. If you're on Instagram, I'd highly encourage you to go to the Redefine Enough Instagram page, comment, share your thoughts. Let's keep this conversation going because this is new. There are different factors that I know haven't I haven't considered yet that aren't even in the forefront of my brain. So I would love to hear your thoughts and your words. Now that's all for today's episode. 
But remember, these conversations are just a starting point and hopefully it's given you more than enough to think about and reflect on in your personal time. But don't let the conversation end here. Keep it going within your own personal circles. But as always, take care of yourselves and you will hear from me in two weeks. Peace and light.